Show. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Gator Dave in about 15 minutes. You probably saw the news. Florida parted ways with a couple of defensive assistants, Corey Raymond and Sean Spencer. They went 5-7 and seven defense. For the most part, this year was ineffective, and that's being nice. Not going to get rid of the defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, year one for him. But that's a sign that moves had to be made. Once you run out of those kind of moves, it goes to the head coach. That's the way this works. Historically, that's always the way it works. Gator Dave, in about 15 minutes, we will talk about that as well. Griff with us here momentarily. Yet another Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game. Why not? Who else should it be? Who else should it be? And the answer is... Nobody else. Those two teams. We talk a lot about rivalries, historic rivalries. Alabama-Georgia, now they've been in the same league forever, but it's not a historic rivalry. Michigan-Ohio State's historic. Auburn-Alabama is historic. But I'll tell you, the best game is Alabama-Georgia. Might not have the historic meaning that goes way back all these various decades but the best matchup when you're talking about dude on dude, player on player, now coach on coach, right? It's Georgia and Alabama. It's those two. So well coached, so well developed. They go out and they recruit the top classes every year. They go, now, now Alabama is more aggressive and we're, we're new to the portal. Alabama's a little more aggressive in the portal than Georgia is. Georgia goes out there and looks around, though, for sure. Mike Griffith's with us. Griff, we were just talking about Georgia-Alabama historically. They've been in the same league, but it's not known as a historic rivalry like Ohio State-Michigan, Alabama-Auburn. But this matchup, and you're about to go cover another one, is probably the modern-day best matchup we have. 
Yeah, it seems to be in the SEC. It's kind of uh, become a regular thing here at the end of divisional play. Uh, no reason to think that we won't continue. Uh, looks like they're slowing down anytime soon, Bill. Griff, of the games you've covered, you live down in Alabama. You covered Alabama Auburn. You covered Tennessee Alabama. Where does this Georgia Alabama game rank for you? Just this series, this matchup. Oh wow, it's uh, it's intriguing for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's near the. It's gosh, I guess you got to say it's at the top when you think about. Uh, the national championship game in 2017. I uh, was there on the sideline there in the final minutes of that in overtime. And uh, 2018 was another classic battle. Uh, 20, 2020 regular season in Tuscaloosa, uh, Georgia, leading at halftime with walk-on Stetson Bennett. Then uh, he came undone, and that 2020 Alabama team rallied and went on to win a national title. Uh, 2021. Uh, Probably going to have to. Championship game. And then you had uh, Georgia win the national championship. So, yeah, there have been a lot of classics, Bill, for sure. Where are the advantages and disadvantages for either team in this game? Well, a lot of it's going to depend on the injury report. I mean, Alabama's got a great running back that's injured, and Georgia's got a great perimeter threat in Lad McConkey. Uh, we're not sure what his health status is going to be. Looks like Bowers will be back, but maybe not at 100%. Don't think he's coming back. Patton, see if you can clean that up. Yeah, Pat and Cook will take a look at that and see if we can get Griff. Obviously, he's traveling. Now, I don't know is – Griff might be headed to Alabama for a press conference, for all I know. But Griff in transit there, and we're a little spotty on the connection. Gator Dave coming up momentarily down in Jacksonville. We'll talk Florida. They just got rid of a couple of assistants as well. But we'll pull Griff into the fray here once again here momentarily. Get his thoughts. Georgia, Alabama, yet again. This is, I don't know if anything matches Miami, Florida State back in the day, back in the 90s, whenever they would go at it every year. Athlete on athlete, just incredible. I don't know if anything ever matches that. But this Alabama, Georgia matchup, which is not a yearly matchup, and yes, they do play regular season. Next year. They play September 28th next year at Bryant-Denny. We'll see them. You're going to see them, and you may see them no more divisions next year. So you may see them again in the SEC championship game. But also remember, Texas will be in that league. Oklahoma will be in the league. Mike Elko will be coaching A&M. Brian Kelly. It's got to get that defense better at LSU. I think we have Griff back. Griff. You were just talking about the injury report and how that factors into this game on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. You know, Lad McConkey helped important. Uh, McClelland, Alabama running back. But the determining factor, Bill, is going to be Jalen Milrow and, and how well Georgia defends Milrow and how well Milrow is going to handle the pressure 
that Georgia's going to put on them, as well as the pass coverage. This is a really good Georgia secondary. So, to me, that's where it all shakes out. I think Georgia's offense bears. I think they're going to score 24, 27, 31. Uh, the question is, what happens when Jalen Nilro has the ball in his hands? Tell you what, Griff, we were talking earlier. Alabama's done a good job of finding what his skill set is and calling plays to it. They figured it out. Well, let's be honest. It's it's not rocket science. I mean, really, I thought they did a bad job earlier this year. Right. Uh, it's not so much that they did a good job now. It's that they did a bad job when they lost to Texas with a third-year quarterback. If you're telling me that Nick Saban hadn't figured out what this guy could do by then, no, Tommy Reese did a poor job early, and uh, that's why Alabama's in this predicament that they are right now uh, uh, looking at the outside in on the playoff. Do you still feel like if Georgia were to lose, they'd be out? You know, I, I don't – you know, how do, how do I feel about it? Do I think Georgia's one of the four best teams? I do. Uh, but it's very hard to predict what the committee's going to do. It's hard to know how much politics – is going to enter into the picture. Now, so far, uh, listening to Boo Kerrigan and, and the, how he's represented that third, I think they've done a really good job. But I think you've got to look really hard at the possibility that a one-loss Georgia might be better than an undefeated Florida State that doesn't have their starting quarterback and struggled against that an undefeated Florida State gets left out of the playoffs should that happen? Are they deserving? I mean, these are, these are tough questions to ask. Is it the four best teams, or is it the four most deserving teams? Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, and Oregon, who has that one loss, is favored by almost 10 points over Washington, Griff. The Pac-12 winner's in. I think if Oregon, yeah. if Oregon beats an undefeated Washington, uh, their, their championship game of the conference. Uh, see, that's the danger for Georgia. I do somewhat of a uh, precedent. And, and Georgia losing that conference championship game, that's highly. Pat, I don't think we're going to be able to continue. It's just, it's way too choppy there. Griff is traveling. I don't know if he pulled over there or not, but that. <laughs> I gave that way more time than it was uh, needed. Anyways, we'll pick back up with Griff. I don't know where and when. we could Obviously, we'll be back with him on Tuesday, Patton, but that connection is beyond disrepair. Whatever was going on there, that connection was beyond the choppiness that we needed. But got a, got a couple of minutes there with Griff. Not not enough, but Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, does a fantastic job every week here on the show, and we'll reconnect with him sometime next Tuesday as well on the show. Gator Dave checking in in about five minutes. Gators breakdown. Tomorrow, the Wednesday list, Brett Ciancia, Blake Rafino, Johnny Crawford, longtime SEC official, just retired. Johnny Crawford will be with us. Any of your officiating questions will be right there in that slot with Johnny. Thursday, T.J. Pittenger will check in 
Also, J.C. Sherbert from Off the Hook Sports. Dave Hooker will be with us. And then Friday, we're at the Omni. And we're there. Coach Pete has already confirmed. You folks always love Coach Pete. Coach Pete will come by, spend the first hour with us at the Omni on Friday. Ole Miss Evie and Kevin Hagan will take Kevin on Thursday talking Alabama-Georgia and then Brad Powers in hour three talking about all the gambling. Yeah, all that gambling out there. It's going to be a lot to talk about. Georgia, and I didn't look this morning at the latest spreads, but let me check it out. Oregon is still favored by nine. Actually, check that. They're favored by nine and a half in that ball game for the uh, for the championship for the SEC champion uh, for the Big Ten championship. Nine and a half, I should say. Yeah, duckies. Nine and a half. Reason why I was confused there is soccer pulled up on my app here. Yeah, some kind of soccer match. Texas favored in the Big 12 final game. Minus 14 and a half. Georgia five and a half. Some Georgia money there. Five and a half. Florida State minus two and a half over Coach Brown. Michigan minus 23 and a half in the B1G over Iowa. Gator Dave when we come back. Morning. It's really starting to get crowded now on 840 out there in Paytonsville, that section of Williamson County. Slow go through Millersville right now, 65 southbound. As you come through that section of Sumner County, it's also heavy on Vietnam Vets westbound at Conference Drive, trying to swing onto that ramp to go 65 southbound, headed down through Madison. 24 is loading up pretty good westbound up through the uh, Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County. Hey, don't miss it. This holiday season, Enchanted Garden of Lights at Rock City in Chattanooga. Check them out online at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Tennessee needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. When you've experienced the loss of a loved one, you can trust SAG Funeral Home to guide you through the process of honoring their life. At SAG Funeral Home, they pride themselves in serving families in Nashville and surrounding areas with dignity, respect, and compassion. The staff is experienced in a variety of funeral services and can help you celebrate your loved one, no matter your religion, culture, or budget. Family and veteran-owned funeral home and cremations now are handled all in one location. We'll help create a personalized experience to pay tribute to your loved one's unique life. Ask about 
about the pre-planning service as well. SAG Funeral Home, serving Nashville and Middle Tennessee for over 40 years. In your time of need, you need someone you can trust who can provide comfort to your family in a very professional way. SAG Funeral Home, 1503 Buchanan Street. Call today, 615-244-5044. 615-244-5044. SAG Funeral Home, for comfort and care in your time of need. SAG Funeral Home, proud sponsor of TSU football on WNSR. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. Package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. This is the Greg Fogue and John Burton Show. Derek Henry's next. Yeah, I think this is the first of uh, several moves. I, I, I do. Yeah. I think the Titans realize where they are. I think it's a reality check, and I think there could be more moves. I really do. You wake up one morning, you realize it's time to do some different things here. I think that's what it is, so I don't think they're done dealing. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. Get into the Bill King show. Um, shit, man, I just lost my train of thought. All right, dude, here's a couple of phones. Three, two, call 615-844-5600. Gator Dave. Gators Breakdown Podcast heard on all the platforms available. They got rid of a couple of defensive assistants, Dave. Was that expected? Yeah, Bill, it certainly was expected. Um, now, I guess you could be surprised that, you know, Corey Raymond is one of those two and, and, and Sean Spencer up front along the defensive line, you know, the coach there. Um, maybe you could be surprised by who, but, you know, Bill, I, <laughs> you've watched this defense as much as I have the last couple of years, and you can't look like that, you know, going on four years in a row, but with this staff two years in a row and, and expect anybody's job uh, to, to, to be safe there. So, um, you know, uh, Corey Raymond coming from LSU, you know, his last couple of years there were all not that great after, you know, coming off that 2019 LSU defense where they even, you know, they started pretty bad that year and then we were a pretty good defense in that national championship year. But you know, those last two seasons at LSU and his first two seasons at Florida, not the Corey Raymond, I think Gator fans thought they were getting Bill and well, that's on the recruiting trail and, uh, you know, the production as a coach on the field. So, uh, you know, you saw we saw the big plays given up by, by by Florida secondary, and look, I mean, maybe you would like to see him with some of the young guys that he did recruit last year, uh, Bill. But still, you know, didn't there was not a lot of development in a uh, you know a five star like Jason Marshall who was already on campus, um, you know, and you know, fair or unfair, that's not your guy. But you know, I think you'd expect some development, some production for, for, from a guy like him two years under Corey Raymond that you didn't necessarily see. Uh, so, you know, all in all, not surprising. And then, you know, Sean Spencer there, Bill, you know, when Florida really struggled, you know, getting pressure this year. Um, and, you know, t- 
tackles for loss, you know, in the run game as well. So sack numbers weren't there. The habit rate wasn't there up front along the defense. So, you know, Bill, and I think some of this too, maybe not meshing well with this, you know, type of defense under, uh, you know, first year DC Austin Armstrong. So maybe it's a, uh, you know, him, him coming in last year and coming in late, maybe a, a matter of him maybe wanting some of his guys in as well. So, um, yeah, not surprising, Bill. And, uh, you know, I think next up will be, you know, some 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 guys on the offensive side of the ball as well uh, as Billy Napier. And, and, Bill, like I said uh, last night, if people follow me on, on, on Twitter, you know, this is, uh, I think, also a move that Billy Napier makes where he knows he's coaching for his job next year. Uh, and... Yeah, I think you know these moves. I don't know if you want to see this many moves. I think more are coming, but Billy uh, Napier's got to do something to get this thing turned around and put some wins on the board next year. You just touched on it, but I'll ask: How much of it defensively was coaching, and how much is it simply personnel shortcomings? <sighs> Bill, when you look this bad, it's certainly both. Um, uh, it, it's, 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 it's tough, uh, to put it more on one way or the other bill, but I do think there just still wasn't a, a whole lot of development on the guys that have been on the roster and maybe even some of the transfer portal acquisitions that you maybe were expecting more from now, you know, that linebacker, you know, I think it looks like Bateman's going to be okay. The defense or the linebacker coach here at Florida. And look, the only really true linebacker Florida has had that he's been able to coach, you know, recruit and coach has been Shamar James. And you know, he got injured uh, about midway through the season this year. So, uh, you know, I thought last year he made Amari Bernie uh, a, a whole lot better. Um, but, you know, there hasn't just been a whole lot of players that you can say have grown in this defense. And maybe that's guys playing out of position. Maybe that's guys just not really being you know, recruited well under the previous staff. But at the same time, Bill, I, I think especially with somebody as the reputation uh, of a Corey Raymond, you, you expect somewhat of immediate results that you just weren't getting. So uh, I hate to take the easy way out, Bill, and, you know, and blend the two. Uh, but I do think – if you if you got the reputation of a Corey Raymond, you expect some you expect some more results. And look, I mean, we're talking about defensive line and and defensive line coach and the DB coach. You know, those two things are symbiotic uh, right now. If you're getting pressure up front, it's going to make that secondary look a, a little bit better than maybe probably are. But you know, I would I, I would assume Bill probably some of it is to do with maybe meshing on the coaching side and not necessarily huge issues or huge rifts, but maybe it just didn't work. You know, maybe just the the, the 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 relationship and Corey Raymond in this defense just wasn't a good fit. Um, you know, we'll see if he goes on so, somewhere else to produce. But it's the blend of the two, Bill. But I'd say um, you know it's uh, it, it's tough to pinpoint if it's one or, or more one than the other. Monday is the official portal day, but that doesn't have anything to do with making an announcement and we're hearing announcements. We've been hearing them, but this week it's picking up and I'm sure it'll pick up all the way through. I would assume Florida will be ultra aggressive trying to mend this roster. Oh, Billy. I mean, you have to be, I mean, like I just said, you know, I, I think when Billy Napier was hired, Bill, we say, okay, four years after it's looked like it has, okay, if you adjust the expectation, he's got to win next year. I think he knows that too. And I do think that means the instant impact guys in the transfer port, and especially in the trenches. Um, you know, Florida has really struggled, uh, especially in the, in the pass blocking area of the, of the offensive line. I think they've got to go get some offensive tackles. Bill. I mean, we saw it 
Saturday night and what Jared – I mean, Jared versus a really good defensive end. Uh, but he has not played like that all year. I mean, he had the game of his season uh, Saturday night versus Florida. And we have seen that time and time again from these – look, and Florida's playing backup offensive tackles and stuff, but that's part of it too. You need to go build some depth in the transfer portal. You need to go get some instant impact guys in the transfer portal. It's time to see results in year three for Billy Napier. So that does mean, Bill, I think, ultra aggressive in the transfer portal on both sides of the trenches. I mean, it, it starts there. And we had a – we had a listener um, joke last night on YouTube. He was like, I don't care if every transfer portal acquisition we get is the offensive line, the defensive line. It's exactly what Florida needs. And, <laughs> hey, look, that's not too that's not too far from the truth. So, uh, you know, I, I say maybe wide receiver, too, to replace Ricky Pearsall and give uh, Wilson some help if, uh, you know, if Florida doesn't want to rely on guys that were freshmen this past year. Uh, and maybe a linebacker as well, Bill. But certainly, certainly if, if, if Florida's going to make a jump next year, it's going to be because I think they were hot and heavy in the transfer portal for offensive line and defensive line, and they went and got some guys that made, that made the instant impact for Billy Napier. I'll ask you again, are they going to go pursue a quarterback? I don't think so, Bill. Um, I think a lot of this is going to, of course, depend on Graham Mertz. Uh, and I would assume he, if he gave me – a choice or gave me a decision to make. I'd say he's back next year. Um, but, you know, you bring up a good question there. Does that mean with DJ Lagway coming in, I don't think he's going anywhere, Bill. Uh, just, you know, no matter how ugly this has looked, he, he, he has sold on Billy Napier. Um, what does that mean for Max Brown, who started Saturday night versus Florida State? And if Mertz comes back and, of course, Lagway's the, the guy, does he decide to go somewhere? So maybe that opens up where you go get – uh, somewhat maybe serviceable backup, but I think that guy's going to come in knowing he's behind Mertz and probably behind the true freshman in DJ Lagway. So I do think, Bill, it's going to be a little tough. You know, they have some walk-ons there that they have elevated, so maybe they're, they're, they're fine with that. So, no, I, I think as long as Graham Mertz comes back, Bill, I, I, I don't see a quarterback in the transfer portal, but if Brown decides to transfer out, I guess it does open up the door. I'm maybe a little bit shocked that I'm going to say this, but I'd like it if Graham Mertz came back. I think he played well. He did, Bill. Yeah, I think he exceeded expectations. And I, I think one thing you can point to as well is, well, I mean, he made, he, made a, he made an immediate jump. You know, this was the best season of his career. Has he reached the ceiling, or can he be like some other transfer quarterbacks out there and take another jump in year two? Now, of course, it won't be as big as a jump as he just made. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if Florida actually needs that next year. I mean, they could get almost the same Graham Mertz, and if the defensive side of the football is improved, you know, that should equal more wins for Florida. So, and, and look, in another system, in another year, uh, another year in the system, I do think he, he would improve a little bit. Um, uh, you know, I think, I think Florida's got to get some help up front on the offensive line and receiver for him, uh, and that may be, uh, be enough to, to take somewhat of a jump as well, but yeah, Bill, I mean, I think it would be good for D.J. Lagway, too. Uh, Lagway has commented on that, saying you know, he wouldn't mind sitting behind Mertz and learning. And, uh, you know, we heard about Mertz and everything behind the scenes of what he was doing well as far as a leader at the quarterback spot. You know, things you should hear and things you should see. We did see those things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, do think it would, I, I do think it would be beneficial, especially, Bill, <laughs> if Billy Napier is coaching for his job uh, in year three if, if Graham Mertz was to come back. Now that you get somewhat of a – 
I, mean, I know the fan base doesn't want to hear or see this, and I don't necessarily would like it either. Do you get somewhat of a pass if he doesn't come back and you just decide to roll the dice with DJ Lagway? Is that a built-in excuse for year three? I don't think so, Bill. After the first two years, you've got to show marked improvement. I don't think you get a pass just because you start a true freshman quarterback. So all in all, I think for Billy Napier, it would be beneficial if Graham Mertz came back. The recruiting class took some hits. You and I have talked about it. Has the bleeding stopped? Um, Amaris Williams, Bill, on the defensive line, I'll still bring him up. Uh, you know, it does seem like maybe just a matter of time before he, um, you know, Ohio State, Tennessee, uh, they're in the mix. Um, so that's one to look out for. Uh, and where that might go, uh, of course, when now with Spencer being fired, if that plays into it or not. He wasn't really the main recruiter for, for many of these uh, the defensive players. Uh, so I don't know if it will have that much of an effect there. Austin Armstrong is doing a pretty good job as a defensive coordinator leader recruiting on that side of the ball. Uh, but as far as the bleeding goes, Bill, with these coaching changes, I think that does change some things. We'll have to keep an eye on it. But for now, I say okay. But um, it, it is certainly something to mind. I mean, look, we knew this was coming anyway. Uh, when Florida you know, lost to Arkansas in a, in a five and seven season, was looking likely. Uh, the, the coaching changes were going to were, were going to be made, uh, and I think we now have to. We, we know the record was going to play into maybe some decommitments, and now with some coaching changes, may play into it even more as well. But uh, you know, not not much time left, Bill, for these players to figure out what they're going to do. Jim and Jupiter wants to know about the roster and what starters or players are feared to be entering the portal, meaning players they may lose from the roster. Uh, that's a, some, some of that's a lot of speculation um, sure. and where to go with that. Um, a true freshman from this past year, Will Norman, uh, I'm hearing his name a whole lot, Bill. He didn't play a whole lot as a true freshman. Uh, Maybe on his way out uh, there for Florida. Uh, Kamari Wilson, you know, Billy Napier's first five-star commit here at Florida, uh, with the safety did not play this year. Um, so, and you saw true freshman safeties taking most of the reps uh, toward the end of the year, and Jordan Castell kind of you know exceeding expectations of the true freshman this year. So, Kamari Wilson, I think, uh, would be another guy that you would look at. Jack Miller, of course, Bill, who was who seemed to be the backup quarterback at one time, uh, was passed over by Max Brown and other quarterbacks uh, when he didn't you know necessarily. Kept fighting injuries as well, so that's that's more. Uh, th- th- there's a few, Bill. I mean, I, I, I could probably go, you know, 10, 15 more minutes with names here <laughs> for, for that, oh, but uh, for the second year show, I don't need to be doing that. But, uh, yeah, there's some options there, Bill. I mean, may, there might be some surprises as well. Uh, I think that would be the scary part of this, where the two seasons for Billy Napier, first two seasons, could lend itself to guys maybe not believing in where this thing is going uh, and could lead to some prize um, transfers. Uh, but I think most of them, be, Bill, would be guys that you won't really you know, be too concerned about that they're leaving. Question here. And, Dave, I caught it well after the fact, but on your podcast you got emotional. Nothing wrong with that at all. Not a critique. But what happened there? Explain to everybody, because I really didn't know how to – I didn't know what was going on, if there was an event that upsets you or it was just the totality of the season. Uh, more, it was kind of more about more than football, Bill, you know, uh, all the good times, tailgates, sure. all the friendships, 
a lot of most of it, you know, the support that I, I get, you know, with Gators Breakdown building this thing from from scratch and from the ground up, and you know, it's uh, it, it's it's a, it's a lot of early mornings, it's a lot of late nights, it's uh, you know, all in conjunction with another full time job, and you know, it's the the passion that goes behind it, Bill. So all the all the support, all that kind of stuff, you know, just kind of sure. just kind of bled out there for a little while. So uh, you know, that's just that's just how much it means. And I, I didn't even know anything about it, and then it kind of went viral. And I'm going, I hope you, you know, I hope he's okay. I, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I just didn't know the context, but I figured it was just, you know, it's a long grind, right? It, it yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Gator Dave. Yep. So. Gators breakdown with us every Tuesday, talking Gator football, boy and. Here's the big vision, Dave. Florida schedule and all that bunch of that came out yesterday is yeah. likely more difficult. Yeah. Um, I, Bill, I saw somebody put it out yesterday, and I think somebody took an image of it, so I don't know if I can get the full credit of where it came from, but I saw the image of the team's Florida plays next year. If you go by their record for this year, Mississippi State is the only team that has a losing record. <laughs> so, wow. You know, you, you throw in Miami and UCF at a conference, along with FSU, of course. Uh, then you get Ole Miss and LSU out of what, you know, what would be the Old West, of course. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it ramps up, Bill. It's going to be really difficult there for Florida. Uh, really, nature, you know, in, in a lot of people's eyes, uh, kind of a do-or-die year for him. Um, and he's going to have to share results with uh, a tough schedule, but it is year three. You know, if, if you got this thing headed in the right direction, you should start seeing tangible results uh, in, in year three if this thing is, is going where it should. So it doesn't matter what the schedule is, Bill. Uh, it, it is what it is. But then he's got to find a way to overcome it. Dave, we'll see you next week, sir. See you, Bill. Gator Dave Gators Breakdown. Good morning. It's pretty heavy now on 24 westbound. Coming out of Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, up through Laverne and Smyrna, headed towards Nashville. It's picked up with more volume just in the last few minutes as we stared it live on 40 westbound here at Central Pike. All that traffic building in from Mount Juliet, Wilson County, towards Nashville. It's really slow now on 65 south through Millersville. Hey, don't miss it this holiday season. Enchanted Garden of Lights at Rock City. Check them out online at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. And now, all good heat and air is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by All Good Heat and Air, serving the community for five years. For all your HVAC home service plans, give the pros a call today at 931-575-7039. 931-575-7039. That's All Good Heat and Air, going the extra mile for safety. They're professionals who care. In Tennessee, 967,430 people struggle with hunger, and 295,570 of them are children. That's one in seven who struggle with hunger, 
and one in five are children. People who are hungry are not necessarily living on the streets. They may be in your child's classroom, in your neighborhood, or just down the street. In addition, many of these people live in food deserts, which are areas more than 10 miles from the nearest grocery store. Often there are limited resources to get food, and the only option is fast food or convenience markets. While processed food may help with hunger pangs, it provides little to no nutrition. What began in 2008 as a dream to buy land, grow food, and give it away has recently developed into a way to serve and impact more individuals in the community. God has blessed our mission to be a healthy food source to those in need so much, By Faith Farm had to create a nonprofit to continue meeting the need in the community on a larger scale. Visit ByFaithFarm.com to get involved. That's ByFaithFarm.com. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. It's a Bill King Show. We are college football centric. That is the sun that warms our planet that we live on. Our planet actually isn't flat or round. It's an oblong spheroid. And we are here to proselytize about it, edify it every day on this here radio show. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. He knows more about the oblong spheroid than any man in America. It's Bill King. schedules I was looking at Alabama Alabama coming up 2024 they open up in T-Town Bryant-Denny Stadium with Western Kentucky the team from Bowling Green just over the border here that's the opener for Alabama they play USF next at Bryant-Denny. They go to Wisconsin, Alabama at Wisconsin, at Camp Randall, September the 14th. We talked about it earlier. Georgia-Alabama, T-Town is the 28th of September. And just skipping around, they play Mercer. Every team in the SEC that's currently in the league plays either Texas or Oklahoma next year. Every team. Alabama goes to Oklahoma. That's in November, late November, November the 23rd. Here's how Alabama finishes the regular season next year. At Oklahoma, the 23rd of November, 
November 30th, Auburn. Now the Auburn game back at Bryant-Denny. They also have Missouri on the schedule. South Carolina, they play. They play Vanderbilt here. The tide comes to Nashville. Alabama has a ton of fans in Middle Tennessee. I mean tons of them. Here's the question, and I hate to say this. I'm not trying to be rude because I like Clark Lee. He's in an impossible situation. By the time Alabama gets here, we do not have the date on that. I'm assuming September, October, but we do not have a date. Will it be pretty obvious Clark Lee's gone? Clark Lee is not going to be able to survive. Nobody, with few exceptions, survives Vanderbilt. Meaning, you get to stay and maintain the head football coaching job. You just don't. You just don't. And here's historic precedence because I've got history. I've I've got I would say I am mentally alert about Vanderbilt from the early mid seventies when they had Steve Sloan. So from that moment to now. And it is really, really good that Vanderbilt is throwing money finally at facilities for football and, and others, right? Not just football, but but the big kahuna is football. When you talk about importance, it's good. No, 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 no. Not critiquing that at all. Commend them for it. But simply throwing money at facilities, they're throwing hundreds of millions at it doesn't solve the problem. Now, it does make things prettier when you bring in recruits and all that. It does make things look like you actually give a rip more than you have in the past. It still does not solve the problem of the uphill battle it is at Vanderbilt, getting players, keeping players, having an administration that actually understands. Did you see this? I don't know who posted this, but... Somebody suggested Vanderbilt should get an outside firm to come in, do a thorough evaluation of everything, and then meet with them. And apparently, according to some former coach, they've done that in the past, received the information, and didn't hardly listen to any of it. (laughs) They hired somebody, consulting-type firm, paid them, took their documentation, and basically chucked it in a waste can. I have no idea if that's true. It's funny. That's why I miss, it's it's funny. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I don't real I don't really care if it's if it's all that true. Tom in Myrtle Beach. Bill Jim Knowles is a candidate for the Duke head coaching job. He goes, and I did not start this rumor. Well, it worked pretty good with Mike Elko, who was defensive coordinator. I don't know if that has anything to do with this hire, but okay. That's the kind of hire you have to make it do. 
if if you hire a guy at Duke and he wins, unless it's cut, a guy that's older or something, but if it's a dude who's working his way up, you're not going to keep him. There's no way. It's a, it's a constant revolving door. Just keep making the right hire. That's hard to do. <laughs> that's the, the superstar schools oftentimes have trouble with getting the hire right. You got to do it constantly at Duke. Now, you want to bring in some older dude who just wants to win some there and stay forever until he gets old? That's fine. But I don't know. Who's the next cut for them? I don't know who that would be. Topwater assassin. Bill, I've got a brain teaser. Florida State, Georgia, Washington all win. Texas loses. Michigan has four turnovers and loses. Nine to seven. Who's in, Bill? I would have Alabama in. Well, no, no, no. With two losses, you, yeah, that's right. No, no, no. Check that. Georgia wins. Alabama's got two losses. They could, they could be. I don't know. Would Michigan still get in with that one loss? What about? Well, no. Texas loses in his scenario. I think Michigan still might get in under that scenario. Coming right back. Good morning. It's heavy right now on 24 westbound. Up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro towards Nashville. Here's what we see. Crowded uh, big time there on Vietnam. Vets going westbound at Conference Drive. All that traffic flow coming in from Sumner County. It's also heavy in from Wilson County on 40 west up by Central Pike as you come up through Hermitage. Hey, don't miss the Enchanted Garden of Lights this year uh, during the holiday season at Rock City in Chattanooga. Check them out at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Tease the season at Edwin Watts Golf Shops by Worldwide Golf for holiday specials this year. Featuring the Ping G430 drivers, which combine the ultimate combination of distance and forgiveness. And from Bushnell, the new Tour V6 Series laser rangefinders provide you the most accurate distances in golf. There's always gift cards in any amount for the special golfer you're shopping for. Edwin Watts Golf Shops is home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Shop us in-store or online at WorldwideGolf.com. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team for many seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville double stack or the world famous bar lines grinder oh you've never heard of the bar lines grinder two kinds of cheese lettuce dijon smoked turkey smoked bacon smoked ham now that's some smoke you want local brews and local spirits are on tap at bar lines take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of music city bar lines at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown 
Alpine Concrete is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You could make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by Alpine Concrete, serving the greater Nashville area with quality and pride. For all your residential and commercial concrete needs, call today for a free estimate at 615-474-7859. 615-474-7859. That's Alpine Concrete. They're professionals who care. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. This yeah. just it. The Titans are trading Kevin Byard to the Eagles. The yeah, Eagles are going to send the Titans a fifth and sixth round pick and safety Terrell Edmonds. Well, they're giving up on that contract. There were also a lot of Titans fans upset about some of the comments he made, which I thought was insane. Big kaboom here on this Monday. <laughs> the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Bill King is the mother twelfth data point of college football. You are listening to the Bill King Show, the only college football radio show proven to make you smarter about college football. Time to be a Michigan fan. Said Bill, I think Michigan is going to feast in the transfer portal. I think JJ goes to the NFL, so they will look to add a veteran quarterback. And if I'm Michigan, I'm trying to read this. Oh, he says I think they're going to go after the Notre Dame center who just entered the portal. That's Zeke Corral. He's a good player. He's good. He's solid. I I don't know what went down there. Their offensive line coach is Joe Rudolph. I do not know Joe Rudolph. I know his career, but I don't know him. I knew Harry Heastan. I knew Harry Heastan very well. If if Harry Heastan were still there, I would know exactly. I could I could text him and he would tell me what happened. But I'm guessing that the way Ashton Craig has played in Zeke Corral's absence due to injury, and he's just a redshirt freshman, they probably told him that's the guy we're going to go with. I'm just guessing this. I don't know if there was some kind of disconnect or what, but that would be my assumption. You Notre Dame fans, if you've seen something otherwise, certainly let me know. But he's a good player. I, I, I would take him over Chris Tyree. Chris Tyree is also in the portal. One of their backup defensive ends is in the portal, too. He's not bad. You need a guy, a rotator guy, he's not bad either. But for the most part, I would take Zeke Carell first. 
What's the kid that's the defensive end for Notre Dame that hit the portal yesterday? It is – let me let me find him right here. It's Nana Osafa Mensa. And he wears number 31 for him, for them. And he's a, he's a rotating backup defensive end. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. He's not going to come in wherever he ends up and be a huge impact player. But he's a guy that's serviceable. I tell you who played quite well for Notre Dame this year is the Ohio State transfer, Jean-Baptiste. He played well. Now, he was not going to start at Ohio State because – They have Jack Sawyer, who really came on this year. And, of course, they've got JTT, who's been a dude from basically almost day one for them. He's been an absolute just horse for them, JTT. So, Jean-Baptiste was not going to be a starter. He'd get to rotate some there, but not, not in the key situations. At Notre Dame, he was a dude every down almost. And had a, that was a really good – you want to talk about a good idea and a good transfer, and it worked well. Ohio State did not need him as a starter, and Notre Dame absolutely needed him. And it worked out. It absolutely worked out very well. Topwater Assassin says, I've got a question for Florida State fans. Would they rather get to the playoffs and get beat handily or make it to a New York Six Bowl game and get a W. I'd rather go to the playoffs. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have on my resume, we're in the playoffs, okay, maybe it didn't work out well, but we got there, we went undefeated, we incurred a horrible injury with our quarterback. That was a problem that would be tough for any team to overcome. And... We earned it. We got to the playoffs and uh, got whooped. Okay. Recruits don't care about that. Florida State, historically, when they're right, recruits love them. And that has reemerged. Not just the portal, but recruits. The high school recruits. When, when Florida State's resume is sparkling nice, recruits from all over the planet love them. And that has reemerged, maybe not to where we were in the 90s, but it has reemerged. They're very attractive to big-name recruits, and they happen to be in an incredible state, on the border of an incredible state, which is Georgia. A phenomenal location where they're at. South Georgia kids love Florida State when they're good. State of Florida kids love Florida State when they're good. I'd rather have on my resume, I got to the playoffs. Things did not go well there. There's obvious reasons for that. And let's go. Let's build. Let's keep building. That's what I would rather do. The heck with some New Year's Six Bowl. I want to be in the playoffs. And, yeah, even if it's not pretty, recruits won't care about that. No, no, no. Recruits will not care at all about that. Hour three coming up on this Tuesday edition. Presented by the place where we're going to be on Friday. We're going to be there live. It'll be December 1st. 
Coach P to be with us as well. Omni Nashville Hotel.